Welcome to Disruptive Successor, a show for next generation leaders in family businesses and entrepreneurs who want to disrupt the status quo and take their existing business to a whole new level. We all know that what got us here isn't going to get us there. This show will provide inspiration, advice, and resources to help you create massive impact. This podcast is sponsored by myself, Jonathan Goldhill, and my company, The Goldhill Group, where we provide coaching for growing companies. I'm Jonathan Goldhill, and my purpose is simple, to guide entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses towards more freedom and fulfillment. I want entrepreneurs to get clarity around the changes that will make them and their businesses more successful so they can experience the same freedom I've enjoyed in my life. Our proven practices challenge business owners to think differently about their business and how they're running it and quite literally become game changers in our clients' companies. Learn more at thegoldhillgroup.com website where you can schedule your free strategy session. Hi, Jonathan Goldhill here and welcome back to another episode of the Disruptive Successor Show. And today I have a guest that I've known since about 2005. His name is John Jance, and he started out as a marketing consultant, um, became a speaker, and became an author. He's now written over seven books. Uh, The book that I came to know John through was called Duct Tape Marketing. Uh, After John wrote that book, I think a few years later, I became a duct tape marketing consultant. Since then, John has written books like The Referral Engine, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, And his latest book is The Ultimate Marketing Engine. So today we're going to talk to John about, well, we'll talk a little bit about his duct tape marketing methodology. We'll talk about what's new in The Ultimate Marketing Engine and how entrepreneurs need to think about their business as as marketers. But just a little street cred, John, on you first. Um, So you've actually counted how many blog posts you've uh, written, 4,376 blog posts. Um, John, how many tweets have you put out in the last 20 years? You, you, you know, I, I, I've been on Twitter since 2006, which was kind of uh, early on in the game. Uh, I have no, absolutely no idea. I, I will tell you this, though, that Twitter actually tells you. Well, let's start with, John, first, most listeners probably aren't familiar with duct tape marketing, I presume. I know some of my uh, listeners will be, but tell us what was the premise behind that book and, and a little bit about what was it about? Well, to tell you the truth, I mean, that book was was little more than a distillation of the work that I had been doing for small business owners for about a decade at that time. And I, you know, at some point I, you know, I started my marketing consulting practice, like a lot of people, no real plan, just knew I could hustle work. Got some big clients, some little clients, big projects, little projects. I found that I really was drawn to working with small business owners, but they were also kind of frustrating. They they had the same needs and and challenges as much bigger organizations, but certainly never the same budgets or or even attention span. So I, I really just decided to kind of address that frustration that I was going to have to create a, a way for me to walk into a business and say, look, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here's the results we hope to get. And by the way, here's what it costs. Uh, 
I quickly found out in trying to address my frustration, I, I tapped into what is still today one of the greatest frustrations with most small businesses. It's hard to buy marketing services as a small business. And it's just gotten harder because there's so many more pieces of the puzzle and so many people selling one piece of the puzzle. So the fact that somebody was going to install a marketing system and they knew they were going to know what it cost, I think it was music to their ears. So I, I, I built my practice uh, doing that and, and started to write about it. Uh, as as more and more businesses were turning online, and I really needed to, I felt like I needed to give it more of a brand kind of name. Uh, if I was essentially turning marketing into almost a product, uh, I feel felt like I had to give it something that that felt more like a product name. And so, without doing tons of market research, <laughs> the term duct tape marketing just seemed to make sense. It was the right metaphor for what it's like to be in a small business: simple, effective, affordable. Doesn't always have to be pretty. It just has to work, and and uh, that that idea, that metaphor, really resonated with small business owners. And so, uh, eventually, uh, my system, if that, that was the genesis of this, became a book, became a blog, became a podcast, became a network of independent marketing consultants, all with this name, uh, duct tape marketing. Well, it was very sticky for sure. No exactly. pun intended. No, and no, you, uh, you're not the first to to use that one. <laughs> yeah, and I think actually, John, you were pretty groundbreaking in terms of your discussion about online marketing, digital marketing strategies, uh, website construction and development. Um, yeah, I think you were were pretty early to the game, and I think you helped people understand offline and online marketing. Uh, together, I mean, because this online marketing thing was was pretty new. So yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yeah. I mean, a lot of the businesses that 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 I work with still today, and that my uh, consultant network works with today, are are what I call true small businesses. I mean, they mm-hmm. are uh, the accountant and the the lawyer and the plumber in, in your community, um, and and obviously their online presence has become a significant part of it's a significant part of the buyer journey uh, today. And, and even though they are doing, you know, they may do business with the, ultimately with a handshake or, or signing a, a contract across a desk um, they, they needed to, to really get um, they needed to come online and, and, and really embrace this new technology. And I think for a lot of folks, it was scary. It was confusing, seemed hard. A lot of folks seemed like it was unnecessary because they thought, well, I don't, you know, my customers walk into my place of business. What do I need to have a website for? Uh, but I think we know today, of course, that that really the, the the buyer's journey, a great deal of buyer's journey is out of our control. And if you think about how how you, listener, uh, buy, you know, we do a lot of research, you know, even if we plan to jump in our car and, and drive across town and buy something, we do a lot of research online today. So uh, that was a necessary bridge, I think, to, to where we are today for sure. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this new book, The Ultimate Marketing Engine, Five Steps to Ridiculously Consistent Growth, and help the reader, help the listener, sorry, understand how does this book differ from your prior books and from duct tape marketing? Well, in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of ways, there's there's a similar thread. There's no question, you know, duct tape marketing came out in 2007. What was that? You know, 
decade and a half ago. So right. obviously a lot of things have changed in marketing since I wrote that book. I continue to practice marketing every single day with small business owners. So a lot of what I wanted to do was, was kind of revisit my thinking and how my thinking has evolved. But in some ways, the point of view about marketing as a system has to start with strategy before tactics. You know, our job as marketers is to get somebody uh, to trust us enough that, that they feel like their hard-earned money is going to bring value in exchange for what we agree to do. That that part's never changed. And, and so you're going to see that uh, still front and center in this book. But a lot of what has really changed in, in marketing, in fact, the thing that's changed the most, I think, in marketing is the way that people choose to become customers. Uh, we have so many options now that that really the buyer's journey or the customer journey is really out of, in some some aspects of it are almost out of our control as marketers today. And, and so the, the, the old idea of, of creating a funnel and driving demand, I think is, uh, is outdated, completely outdated. And I, I introduce uh, something uh, that, that I've been talking about for a long time, but I go very deep into something I call the marketing hourglass, uh, which is uh, to me is more about organizing behavior that people want to participate in, you know, rather than this idea of just creating demand. Uh, the hourglass, if you want me to go pretty deep into it, is it, you know it borrows. If you think about an hourglass shape, it borrows from the funnel, the the you know the idea that we do have to get some percentage of the market out there to know who we are, and then and then want to kind of consider, gosh, is this somebody who can help me? But so many people, the funnel stops when somebody says yes. And and what I've done for years, and and really go into depth in this book on is that. Yes, the funnel part has to exist, but then let's flip the funnel over and 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 realize that the real opportunity for long-term consistent growth comes from creating a better customer experience. We we want to think in terms of growing with our customers rather than simply going out there and finding more people to go through a transaction. I understand that concept pretty well, and so let me just uh, summarize for our listeners that the marketing art hourglass stages uh, they are to know, like, trust, and try. And that's the upfront part. And then I guess the bottom of the hourglass, if I get this right, is buy, repeat, and refer. Is that, do I have that? Yeah, correct? yeah. I mean, those, the, that's definitely it. And so our job, if you want to really simplify it, is is to help guide people logically through those stages. And, and, if, if you look at those names, they really, to me, they, they represent behaviors more so than consideration and awareness and, you know, the things that, you know, most people's journey, most marketers journey is about what we want them to do. Right. And, right. and the idea behind the marketing hourglass is that what it, it really helps guide them on what they want to do. Right. So you talk in the book about customers as members. Yeah. And now I always refer to, I don't use the term customers, at least in my business as a coach. Um, they're always clients and they are, I guess, members in that there's a recurring revenue stream there. So it's a sort of a subscription model, but that's not really what you're talking about when you're talking yeah. about members. You're, yeah. Aren't you, aren't you really just saying that members are clients? There's someone we have a very, close, um, engaged relationship with. They're not just a, a transaction, they're a relationship. Yeah. So so a couple of things to unpack there. I, I use the words uh, client and uh, customer interchangeably. Okay. I, 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 and uh, to me, they're the same thing. It's semantics within a business industry. A professional services business generally refers to their 
customers as clients. <laughs> Whereas right. a right. You know, remodeling contractor or a plumber might talk about customers. I, I, right. I see that as just semantics based on the industry. So I use that word interchangeably. Okay. And, and the only the only distinction here is like when I read a book by Jay Abraham, who I'm sure you know, because he's sure, a sure. great, sure. brilliant marketer. He talked about the customer versus the client and the distinction be, being that the client is someone you have a more caring, more engaged sure. relationship with. So, um, but so tell us a little bit about your concept of a member. Yeah. So, so I'm applying that to either one and I'm saying regardless of the industry you're in, it's a point of view about how you come to think about your customers. So I am not, as you mentioned, uh, talking about a, a membership model. I mean, those are a subscription model. I mean, those are great business models, but, but what I'm really using this word is to imply, as you said, it's really more how we think about our relationship with the customer and that, that, you know, I, I, I talk about this idea um, of you know, our job as marketers is to take a customer from where they are today to where they want to be. Uh, that it's more about uh, rather than transactions, it's more about what's the transformation that we could cause. And it's really first and foremost we have to consider this. You know, most most businesses come to uh, or most individuals, most customers come to businesses in a certain stage of their journey, a certain stage of their life, or their you know their business. Um, is at a certain point. And those stages typically have characteristics. I know when a lot of folks approach us, they typically are in a certain position in their business and we have to actually figure out you know, the foundational elements of their marketing. So we know though, <laughs> that if we want to retain that client for years, perhaps, then we're, we're obviously going to have to not just fix things, we're going to have to then say what's next and what's next and what's next. And so I introduced in this book something I call the customer success track. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's really just a way of looking at, okay, what are the state, what stage are our current customers in? You know, what are their characteristics? How do we recognize they're in that stage? What are the challenges we know they're facing in that stage? And then, and here's the real money or the real payoff, you know, what uh, milestones do we need to accomplish? in order to move them to the next stage. And so if we are able to map that out, as, as, as I do in this book for, for marketing completely, if we're able to map that out, then we can actually, we can show somebody that, that our relationship is about you know, getting what you need now, but also getting you to where you ultimately want to go. And I think that that focus is something that, as I said, I, I map it out completely for marketing. So if you buy this book, you're going to know exactly the stages of how to mature your marketing. But my real goal in, in introducing this uh, concept is that I think any business, uh, regardless of the industry they're in, uh, can actually take this approach. I, I start the book out by by giving a definition right off the bat of you know the ultimate marketing engine. Uh, in my opinion, is a successful customer. You know what if what if that's how we we develop every uh, client or customer relationship was based on how can the how can we grow our business by making sure that our customers succeed as opposed to. So what happens so often where we sell them something, we, we, you know, deliver what it was we said, they pay us and, and, you know, that's the end of the engagement or, you know, maybe they come back and buy something again, but, but the real focus of this approach is we don't win unless they win. Well, you know, John, I think what you write about 
really resonates with me uh, personally mm. or with any business consultant, coach, marketing yeah. coach, marketing consultant. And you've always been very uh, helpful at showing, for instance, uh, your uh, customer success track. You, yeah. you actually show the five stages that you look at clients being in, whether there's foundation or level up uh, or organizing. Right. Um, so does this really apply, though? for all types of businesses as i was reading the book i started thinking about well i started thinking about the vaccine companies i think because you started the book telling a story about uh <laughs> covid and an announcement that uh, one of your clients you know was going to put forth right at the start of the pandemic and i started thinking like does pfizer and uh johnson and johnson do they do they really need to look at their customers and think of them as members? And do they un need to understand or is it even possible for them to think about what the success journey is? Yeah. Or is this really just a small business? Uh, and, and um, you know, does it work? You said it works across all industries, but. Well, well I believe it can be applied. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. a business with, you know, hundreds of business units, you know, as you, right. as you described, is going to have to look at it in incremental parts. I don't know that it, it uh, necessarily, they, that they could sit there and read this book and go, okay, we're going to apply this to the whole company. Right. I will say that it's a point of view, though, that I think can be a but can be taken by any company. Uh, well, there's no question B2B businesses, professional service business, it's a no-brainer. I mean, I, you know, I think I think that those kinds of businesses will look at this and go, yeah, okay, he's talking about me. I contend though, I, I have a remodeling contractor, for example, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that I've had as a client for years and years. Uh, they, you know, they're they're a small business, but they're a fifty million dollar business. Uh, that's right. not, you know, that's not terribly small. Um, they can and have been applying this approach as a way to think about the relationship they have with their customers. So it's not, it's not, you know, a marketing business, it's very easy to see. Yes, your marketing matures, but I think right. by you can have these stages with any, with any customer, because it really comes down to just looking at, uh, here's the question that I think I keep, I ask over and over again, where are they today? Where do they want to be? Um, and, and, what happens with that question, continually applying that question, is we may just be serving where they are today. And so what it does is it opens up the at least conversation about what else should we be doing? What else could we be doing you know, to grow with our customers? And, and by the way, this is something that, you know, one of the key points of this book is I really also ask you to narrow your focus to the top 20% of your ideal right. customer. So, yeah. So I want to dive into this. Go well, ahead. Well, yeah. All I was going to say is my, you know, right off the bat, when I talk about uh, the, the ultimate marketing engine being a successful customer, I also come out immediately and say, but you can't make every customer successful. Um, so this is something That's that good. you are going to apply to a very specific uh aspect or a very specific percentage of your ideal customer. So that's a that's a big part of the work. It's not just simply showing up one day and saying this this uh, customer success track of appeal is going to be something we're going to apply to anybody that shows up on our doorstep. Now it is very specific approach that you're going to take with um, only your ideal customers because I think I believe that's where the opportunity for consistent growth uh, lies. Well, okay, that that's really helpful and I want to 
clarify that for our listeners. I, I know of the remodeling contractor that you're talking about because uh, they were a case study when I joined Duct Tape Marketing in 2005 or maybe six. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, they've 10x their business, if my numbers, uh, uh, if I recall correctly. And so when they were a $5 million contractor, you know, certain size jobs uh, mm-hmm. made sense that probably don't make sense today as a $50 million uh, remodeling contractor per potentially. Yeah. And it, and it's not just the job. It's also, it's also the, the, the client. Understood. Understood. And so, uh, and in, and in my business, I mean, I found that I probably work with what you would call uh, leveling up uh, Mm -hmm. stage businesses. Uh, And for me, they're, I typically think of them either in terms of revenue or employees. So they're yeah. typically two to $10 million in revenue yeah. and they want a two to 10 X their business. Yeah. And why do I pick that market? I mean, I did a lot of work on my ideal client profile. I wrote a book uh, that sort of, that speaks to that ideal client profile, which is that next gen leader in a family business. And I thought to myself, this is the client that I can help the best. They stay with me for a handful of years. I grow with them through these different cycles. They don't start at $20 million and scale up to a hundred because the bulk of my work and my experience base is with the two to 10 million. And that's where I serve them best. So, um, and so I think of the design Con- the rem- the design build contractor that you have the that as they've scaled up, um, they serve certain stage businesses the best, and they know that ideal client profile, and they that's who they target. Is my thinking right or wrong? And I, 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 yeah, and I want I want to emphasize something you said because I think it's one of the most important distinctions that people miss. A lot of times when I start talking about this idea of narrowing your focus to the top twenty percent of your ideal customers, people immediately jump to revenue or opportunity. And you you expressed what I think is one of the key missing points. Yes, you know there are must have elements, there are nice to have elements, there are ideal elements. Of, of an ideal client. I mean, them being profitable, you know, them, them being somebody who, who like in your particular case, you're going to ask people to do things. You're going to ask them to be accountable. You're going to ask them to go through a systematic approach. So obviously people that'll do that are going to have a better experience. They're probably going to refer you They're You know, they're going to be a profitable engagement. But the thing that a lot of people leave out of this equation of trying to figure out and understand their ideal client is, who can you deliver? Who can you actually deliver the most value to? Um, and and I'll add another little layer on that: the fastest. Now that doesn't always right. apply, but right. but if you if you actually give some thought to that, you start eliminating businesses uh, because uh, just because they showed up and said, "Yeah, I'm willing to pay you." but you know that they're not the right fit for you or that, that you really don't have the background or experience, or you're just not set up to serve a business that, that or, or an individual that is that whatever they are, um, then, then I think that that's a great learning because where you're going to grow your business consistently is to stay in really your value zone um, of delivery because you're going, you're going, that's where you're going to have profitable engagements. That's where they're going to get results. And so consequently, that's where they're going to become evangelists and and you know, you're going to retain them. They're going to be, become evangelists for your business. And that's probably one of the biggest secrets to 
to this idea of making your customers successful. The ones you can make successful are probably the ones that you are set up or they are the right fit for where you deliver value. Gotcha. Um, John, are you familiar with the book by uh, Bob Bloom, The Inside Advantage? I don't think I am. Uh, that's a book that I would encourage you to take a look at. And okay. uh, it's it, um, he's recently passed. He was uh, the thinking person behind the founding of Southwest and Juicy Juice and um, a number of other significant brands. And he, pre- he pre- presents the strategy that unlocks hidden growth in your business. And I think that there's an incredible alignment around what you're talking about and what he's talking about. But um, but let's get back to your book. Okay. And so um, I'm led to believe by the title, The Ultimate Marketing Engine, Five Steps to Ridiculously Consistent Growth, is that if I get really close to, uh, as you call them members, I call them clients, and I care more about their success journey, not thinking about um, how they go through my marketing funnel, um, and I try and endeavor to get them to become a raving fan uh, as a client, um, and also whom I am growing them through progressive stages of development. You talk about it as milestones and challenges. Um, mm-hmm. Is that going to result in in more revenues for my company through that client, or or is it really also about getting um, other clients from them? To, you know that they refer to it's, yeah so so it's really both yeah it's really both jonathan I, I mean when you get really good at understanding who this this narrowly defined ideal customer is you start messaging mm-hmm. around that you start teaching around that and you are necessarily going to start attracting more of the same right but but i also have found over the years that that some percentage once we identify somebody's top 20 percent some percentage of them would actually do 10 times as much business with you if you discovered how. And some per smaller percentage of them might do 100 times more business with you if you discovered a way to serve them in their, in their growing needs. Um, and so that's really the idea behind this is to say, okay, if I carve out this, this niche of, of this top 20%, uh, then I start looking at, so for example, your business that you're working with, if you, you know, some percentage of them would actually pay you for years to help them grow, pay you to maybe help them exit. And, and I know that you know some of that's sort of the natural evolution of the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you started looking for opportunities for what else are they not getting? So you know, I don't know what that would be, but in your case, it might be that you would offer them marketing services uh, yeah. as well. I well. mean, so uh, again, but it wouldn't be for everybody. It would be it would be those people that are paying you a thousand dollars a month that now want to figure out how to pay you five thousand dollars a month if you could actually help them, you know, move to the next stage. Yeah, I I agree, and and so you know, I want to share a personal experience I had uh, that I think aligns well with your message here. And that happened, uh, this experience happened while I started, uh, first I was working with a consultant or a coach rather, mm-hmm. who was helping me to define my ideal client profile. And I, I, I came up with two or three actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one was this next gen leader, what I then came to call a disruptive successor. Um, the second though, was typically the, the father, mother, founder um, of this family business. And uh 
And so, and then the third one was just a, an entrepreneur of a certain size company. But what happened during the process of then deciding to write a book was I started attracting this next gen leader. It was almost like I had spoken to the universe and sure. God had answered back and said, okay, we're going to send you um, people who are 25 to 40 year olds who are in a family business doing typically like two to 10 million and want us two to 10 X the business. And let's see how you handle it, Jonathan. And so uh, I thought it was really interesting. And then, you know, I came out with this podcast to expand the brand and I'm looking at doing mastermind groups to expand the brand. Mm -hmm. I think that what you're speaking to about targeting your ideal client profile and, and it doesn't mean saying no to everyone else, but it means like doubling down on that uh, ideal customer member that it has an exponential uh, and and has other positive benefits to your business, right? You start working with the people that you love to work with. 100%, 100%. And, and you know, the one of the things that is so hard for business owners is I mean, we don't want to turn away anything. I mean, somebody comes up at our door and says, I'm willing yeah. to pay you to do X, Y, Z. And you're like, well, never done X, Y, Z before, but how hard could it be? What we underestimate is is the the opportunity cost that's lost in you not focusing on that next gen leader because because that's really where it's clear that 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 if you get if you get seen as being able to serve that next gen leader leader better than anyone else ever dreamed of doing, it's it's game over. I mean, people are going to flock to you, and 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 I don't go as I don't go as far in the book of talking about the universe showed up and said this, but I totally one hundred percent believe that yeah. um, that 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 idea that if you start putting stuff out there in the world and say this is what I do, this is what I do, then the opportunities are going to start showing up, and and. By narrowing your focus to serve that market, um, the, then you know you're going to get better at doing it, and and you're going to be known as the go-to person for it. All right. So I think what I like also really about your book a lot, um, and I think the the best business books today are written as reference manuals. Um, your book not only is something you can reference. And by the way, I gave out more than a case of your duct tape marketing book. I can see giving out a case of this book as well, because it's got so many actionable tools in it. And at the end of each chapter, it's got, you know, go and follow these action items. Same like my book. But yeah. I, I also want to give a little plug that you have uh, a free course that you're offering. Uh, if someone goes to ultimatemarketingengine.com forward slash course, they can buy a copy of the book and get a $99 course that walks them through the five steps. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So depending upon when you're listening to this, the book will actually be uh, available and ship uh, September 21st of 2021. Uh, but as you mentioned, you can pre-order the book now or whenever you get a copy of the book, there is a companion video course of six lessons and some of the resources that that, that you referenced. But uh, when you do receive your copy of the book, you'll actually unlock uh, the really the vault <laughs> of resources. Uh, I think there's close to 100 that we've created because we, we use these tools uh, every single day. So we're we're constantly creating checklists and tools and templates uh, that that'll help you uh, accomplish some of the action steps that I assign at, at the end of every chapter. So yeah, this is this is a essentially a strategy book with a workshop built into it. Yep, totally. And so, um, is the course 
does the course primarily cover the five steps? It does. It's, it's, okay. it's, uh, so let's it's, go through it, that then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, the first one is we talked a little bit about it, where you map where your best customers are today and where they want to go. That's the, the lesson on the customer success track. In, in some ways, that could be step number three, but that's probably the big sort of innovation for the book. So I wanted to lead with that, mm-hmm. but, but with the realization that, uh, that, that you've got to then uncover the real problem you solve for your ideal customer, um, because that's going to become your messaging. Uh, step number three, we talked a little bit about narrowing your focus to the top 20% of your ideal customers. Mm-hmm. So once you, once you get that narrow focus, you uncover the real problem that you serve as your really promise uh, to that ideal customer, and you've built this customer success track. Uh, now we're on step four. Now it's going to make sense for you to completely redo your website, your content. You'll have a customer journey uh, mapped out that will allow you to to be very focused on on me. You know, using all of your content really as the voice of your strategy, not as another tactic. So you'll be very focused on guiding people through the customer journey, and and it'll actually help you decide what not to do. I mean, you might not need to be on TikTok and Instagram and all the other uh, new, new channels that are out there, you know, once you've done this work, because you're you're now very focused on on your priorities. And then the last step is really, it's probably all about re- referrals more than anything else, but it's then uh, your ability to start scaling, look for ways to actually scale with your existing customers or with their uh, entire ecosystem. And so uh, that's why I call this, uh, the, or the subtitle is, is ridiculous consistent growth because if if you get these steps down uh, you're going to be creating uh, a focus on a customer that is going to be thrilled you're going to be creating a better customer experience and 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 you're going to then take that experience that you're having with your existing customers and your existing strategic partners to really become your lead engine uh, after that uh, it, the people that follow this to a T or even 50 percent of what goes on in this book will never have to look for new business again and how hard is it to implement this methodology, John? Well, it, it, it's not hard. It's going to take. It's going to take. Uh, in some cases, you might have to change your thinking about what marketing is, or about what your relationship with your your clients um, need to be. So that that in some ways, you know, changing mindset can be the hardest of all mm-hmm, uh, sure. things to, to to get done. Uh, after that, it's really just a consistent practice. This isn't something you read the book and you go show up on Monday and go, okay, people, <laughs> it's a new day. This is what we're going to do now. This is something that you have to start implementing, you have to start building systems around. You really want to get your folks together to brainstorm this. Uh, you know, this is a marketing book. Marketing's in the title, but <clears throat> people that have followed this path uh, that I've been teaching now for a while realize that this is this becomes their entire company strategy. This can become their entire company mission. The, the customer success track can actually be very informative in terms of culture, uh, for a business, uh, it, it certainly helps with training. It helps with hiring. It helps with sales messaging. So, so this is a this is a book that is a marketing book that I think has the ability to transform your entire business. And so, John, most of my listeners probably and and my clients for sure, they don't have marketing departments um, in their companies. And um, so, how and and I think of myself like I have a. A virtual assistant who manages a team of uh, social media and website and marketing people that are in uh, in India. Um, how do we work, uh, or how do these small business entrepreneurs work 
to take the concepts in this book and, and implement it? Is this something like, hey, everyone needs to read this book, or just these three people need to read this book? No, this, I would. You know, I would and, yeah, I, of yeah. course, it's going to sound self-serving from the author, but buy a copy of this book for everyone in your business. <laughs> okay. Because, well, you know, you know, Jonathan, I've said this for years. Marketing is everyone's job. I mean, any yep, way, exactly. shape, and form in which your business comes into contact with a prospect or a customer, you are performing a marketing function. And so, so I think if you know the the earlier on that you 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 know, unsilo, whatever that means for you, you know, marketing, uh, the better, because everybody should be uh, participating in it. And that's why I think this customer success track idea can be so informative because it, yep. it really then becomes, hey, here is our mission. <laughs> um, yep. It doesn't matter what your job is. Here is our here or your job title or, or uh, org chart, you know, uh, line is here's everybody's job. And the, the one thing that I also tell people is this, uh, ultimately, this is a strategy book. Mm -hmm. And strategy is something that as a business owner, it doesn't matter if you think you have a marketing department or even a marketing you know, senior employee, strategy is one thing that you can't abdicate. <laughs> you, you can't really even delegate it. Um, the, the, the owner of a closely held business you know, really needs, the, the one thing that they really need to hold on to is the strategic direction of the company. Um, and, and that doesn't, I mean, you can certainly delegate all of the tactical things once you decide what the strategy for the business, what you're trying to accomplish with all those tactical things. So uh, sometimes that, you know, that idea, that thinking, you know, what, what, what hurts a lot of companies is they're just chasing tactic after tactic. And, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't scale, <laughs> that right. doesn't, that doesn't work. And so what this approach really offers is if you can lock down as a business, as the owner of the business or as the executive team on the, the ultimate strategy uh, for the business that you're trying to accomplish, how you want to be seen in the market, how you want to uh, be seen by your customers and prospects, uh, then pretty much everything else that that gets that message out there, the content creation, the website, you know, all those other things can be effectively delegated. Well, I think that it's a well-written book. I think that the book is uh, is a must read and a more a must implement for small businesses. Um, I'm hoping and expecting that your consultants, your duct tape marketing consultants, will be either schooled or whatever you're doing certified and be able to deliver this methodology because I think it's like I think maybe like my book and like other books, uh, scaling up uh, EOS. I mean, these are these they may look simple. <laughs> but they're difficult to implement for uh, the typical small business uh, or family business person that's sometimes just so busy, do, you know, doing the the business on a day to day that it's hard for them to step out and go through this methodology. Yep, no, no question. This sure. is not. I mean, I don't want to kid anybody and say this is read this book and you know, poof, <laughs> you know, magically so uh, you'll transform. Yeah, this is a. Uh, this is something that you have to read. You have to start implementing. You have to start practicing. It just has to become a, a mindset and a point of view. And that sometimes takes, it certainly takes consistency and sometimes it takes time. Gotcha. All right. So John, they can go to the ultimate marketing engine.com. That's right. The ultimate they, marketing engine.com. They can uh, sign up for a, a pre-purchase of the book, uh, which will give them access to the course as well. That's right. Absolutely. All the instructions on how to do that, uh, you, can, you can find there. As, as you said, you can pre-order the book from any, anywhere you order books. 
And there's an audio as well as a Kindle, as well as a print version. And then uh, come back to the ultimate marketing engine.com and uh, there'll be instructions on how to get that campaign, of course. Great. All right. Well, folks, you heard it here. Uh, I know if you're a fan of this podcast, if you like the messages that I've been communicating, um, John Jance is the real deal. I've known John, like I said, for 15 years, plus or minus. Um, I think you write in, in simple, easy to understand. I like that you put in a few stories, not too many. Um, and that you offer a lot of tools to make your stuff really highly actionable. So, John, thanks so much for being a guest today on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jonathan. This podcast is sponsored by myself, Jonathan Goldhill, and my company, The Goldhill Group, where we provide coaching for growing companies. I'm Jonathan Goldhill, and my purpose is simple to guide entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses towards more freedom and fulfillment. I want entrepreneurs to get clarity around the changes that will make them and their businesses more successful so they can experience the same freedom I've enjoyed in my life. Our proven practices challenge business owners to think differently about their business and how they're running it and quite literally become game changers in our clients' companies. Learn more at thegoldhillgroup.com website where you can schedule your free strategy session. 